Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Glad you're with me back on demand. You know, I believe in the word of God in your hand. You can get it when you want to. Thousands do it this way. And I think it's amazing. So today we take a journey in our study and talk about miracles. Jesus performed a lot of miracles. And I believe in your miraculous potential. That's right. There's something that God can do in you that you never imagined. Abundantly above all you can ask or think. We start in our study today, continuing down the road of miracles. We talk to you about the power of the spoken word how Jesus spoke to a problem and the lessons we learned, he just spoke to it, a miracle happened and changed everything. That can be true in your life. So stay with me, enjoy today's word. I'll be back to share a prayer with you at the end. Stay there. Well, welcome back. Let me tell you, I'm glad you're with me today. I have a, an exciting sermon that I like. It's a series that we are in. This is part two. And I call it volume one and volume two because later on we're gonna do a volume two with four more sermons. And I want to talk about miracles. Now, miracles have been something that we've seen in the Bible for years. People often make them some dramatic thing that is almost like a big um, circus, the way they present it sometimes. But Jesus wasn't in the circus business. He was in the healing business. He didn't do miracles to show off or, or say he was a great man of God. He did miracles to help people be better. And there are certain miraculous moments, miracle moments, in Jesus' life that teach great lessons. And what I think you will learn as you look at these miracles is your miracle potential. I call it your miraculous potential. I look at where my life is today. I look at where it started. And I must say, it's miraculous. I had a miraculous potential that I did not know was possible. But as I engaged God, engaged the word of God, my life changed and I began to understand things differently. And so what I want to do for those of you that are church people, not church people, Bible people, not Bible people, I want to take you on a journey with me through the miracles of Jesus. And I want to show you a miracle. Last week, we talked about the miracle of the wedding and we talked about how how impactful that miracle was because of marriage relationship with Jesus. The right guy was there. She knew the right guy to call. And the guys around um, the wedding took some great, um, made a decision to follow some instructions that, that brought about a miraculous outcome. And sometimes you got to know the right people and, and in order to have the, the best outcome. You will never, ever change your life miraculously without having certain people interact within your life. If you have, let me say it again, <laughs> I can get the words out here. If you understand the power of interacting with certain people, Jesus called Mary. I'm sorry, Mary called Jesus, get this right. Mary called Jesus. And, and Jesus turned water into wine, the best wine of, of the feast, of the wedding. And it was because he knew her, things changed. You will never have change in your life, miraculous change, until you meet certain people. Jesus was there and their relationship made that possible. Then Mary said to the guys, hey, you do whatever he tells you. And those guys listened. And because they listened, they had a, a miraculous outcome. Right people bring incredible results into your life. Who do you know in your life that has, a, has had a miraculous impact on you? That was the big question last time we were together. Who in your life, because of their advice, because of their presence, something miraculous was, was able to happen? Uh, you can probably name who was in your life that brought some destruction. You can probably name them. But who was the miraculous person? My dream is to be that person that brings about a miraculous result in the life of my kids, those that I touch. The turning of water to wine in our study last week is about quality, change, relationships, the power of being in relationship with the right people. So it's a sermon that really helps you see that. Miraculous potential. 
the miraculous moment when the water was turned to wine and how Jesus then said, I'm sorry, when the host said, you saved the best wine for last. Now, some of you that heard that sermon or some of you hearing me talk about last week's sermon, you can go listen to it just because you want to drink some wine. Uh-huh, see, make sure you do. Go back and listen to what I said about wine drinking and all those kind of things. And I'm not going to bash wine today because I know um, I always tell people I don't drink because if I did, I'd like it um, and that'd be a problem. So that's another conversation. But I want you to go back and listen to what I said because I think it's more, more about how God interacts in our life and the quality he brings than it is about the wine. But that's something for you to go, go back and listen to that sermon. You'll like it. Today, we take another step, another miracle. And this is about a guy whose who's child, who's, uh, child gets sick. And he needs a miracle, a miraculous intervention of God. And he is desperate. He's heard about the miracle in Cana. He heard about what happened and how God miraculously provided wine at this wedding. And when he heard about that Jesus was in town, in his desperate moment, he reaches out for help. So I want to read the story for you, and I want you to see how this goes. This is a phenomenal story you don't want to miss. Look with me, if you would, please, at the book of John chapter 4, verse 43. It said, after, two, after the two days after he left for Galilee, Jesus himself and pointed out that, there, that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Now, I want you to think about that. Here they are, and there is this incredible impact of what I call a good reputation. Jesus was being talked about because of something he had already done. Now, I want to tell you something. Miraculous things happen when you have a good reputation. So Jesus comes in, and there is this moment in verse 46. Look at the text. Once more he visited Canaan, Galilee, where he had returned, turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. And when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Now, notice that this is, Incredible for, because you have the reputation of Jesus being on the rise, on the rise, rather. Get it right here. His reputation is on the rise. Then you have this guy who has this incredible challenge going on. His son is sick. And I want you to see the impact of faith. He has faith in Christ because of what he's seen him do before. So this, is, this shows you the impact of reputation and the impact of faith. He is convinced that if he can get to Jesus, this can be fixed. Look with me at verse 48. He said, Jesus said to them, unless you, you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his son was living. And when he inquired as to the time when his son uh, got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. That's about 1 p.m. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. 
that was, this was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed having come uh, from Judah to Galilee. Amazing. Now, a lot of this, though, is, is motivated because of reputation. It's all about what happened in Cana of Galilee. So people tend to believe what you historically show them. Your reputation impacts everything. This sermon is about the impact of a spoken word and the power of good reputation. The guy's son is sick. He goes to Jesus because of his reputation. Jesus speaks the word, doesn't go, just speaks the word for his son, prays for his son. His son is healed. The guy is impressed. But it all starts, hear this now, with a good reputation. Now, I say this because I'm concerned about, guess what, our Christian reputation these days. I am a little bit concerned about the way people view us, and I'm concerned about the things that we do. I think we have um, encountered a season where people don't trust, Christians in particular. So the question I want to ask you, and I don't want to show you a couple of studies to prove this, I want to ask you, what kind of reputation do you have? Are you consistent? One of the things I'm concerned about in my personal life is that I'm consistent and that my reputation is consistent. Number two, what kind of reputation should we strive to have? What kind of reputation do you have? And what kind of reputation should we strive to have? Thirdly, who is seeking you out these days because of your reputation? Because they view you as wise. One of the sad trends that I see is people are not looking to pastors, they're not looking to churches, they're not looking to religious people um, to answer some of their concerns. What's really tragic is I think they no longer see us the way God wants them to see us. Remember the Bible said, you're the light of the world set on a hill that should not be hidden. That's the way God wanted us to be seen, as lights. What we become is something that has historically been tragic for us. We've become branded. For example, when you say the word evangelical these days, they think of a religious or a political organization. They think that you're a Republican. They think that you're on the right. They think that they, they have a definition for you. You may say, well, too bad. I understand that, but that's not why Jesus died. He didn't die to make everybody Republican or Democrat. He didn't die to make everybody believe one way or left or right. Jesus stood in the middle and, and, and guided people to God and, and believed that as they, as they got closer to God, they changed. Now, I want to put something on the screen that I want you to see. So get your, your cameras ready or your notepad ready so you can see this. And if you have sermon notes, I have it in the notes for you, uh, these links. There's something called the evangelical reputation impact, uh, the evangelical, uh, um, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like an article that describes how the world sees evangelicals. It's a study. It's really fascinating. And the bottom line is, they see us as a political, if you're evangelical, they see us as a political party. They see us through the lens of politics. And this, this article is really good, so get it, download it, and it really shows you the evangelical reputation impact. The impact of what we've done. And I'm telling you, the danger in that is um, the, 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 pub, the, <laughs> the Republican platform, the Democratic platform are not biblical platforms. Neither one of them are biblically perfect. Each one of them has some biblical issues, in my opinion. I think it's obvious, and we can name them and go through them. But the bottom line is they're not perfect. 
they think they are. And I'm not criticizing either one. And I have, I've already decided I have to flow in one or the other. And independent is kind of where I tend to land. But you, I, I believe very strongly in, in making a political decision. So I'm not against that. But I want you to understand, that's not what brings miraculous impact in your life. That Jesus wasn't able to make the difference he made in the world because he had sided with the political party. And so I want you to notice that. Secondly, I want you to notice something else. I'm going to put it on, on the screen for you. It's a book that, I, I, that I'll mention here in a minute, but The Rise of the Nuns is another article. Many people are classifying themselves as having no religious affiliation. That's one of the fastest rising, quote, religious groups there is. The nuns. Some people say, I have, if you say, are, what, are you a Baptist, Method, or nun in terms of your religious affiliation? They would check none. I'm a nun. I don't have any uh, relationship or connection at all. I think that concerns me. Nothing that concerns me is in the U.S., this is another article you may want to look at, that Christianity is growing at a very slow rate. Let me read a quote for you. In the 1900s, twice as many Christians lived in Europe than in the rest of the world combined. Today, both Latin America and Africa have more. By the, 20, by the year 2050, the number of Christians in Asia will also pass the number in Europe. Currently, watch this now, this is important. Currently, Christianity is, is barely growing in Europe at 0.04% and only slightly better in North America at 0.56%. So less than 1% growth. You, you're seeing a, a, a trend of, of stagnation in, in the Christian church. Now, some of you say, well, we're growing. I know, well, you, you're not the world, you know what I mean? You're not the world. The question is why, and I've quoted this book before, I've mentioned it, because I think it's, even though it was written several years ago, it, it's a book called You Lost Me by David Kinnerman. And in this book, there are six reasons why people think this way. Now, this is really important because you, if you're going to be a light to the world, if you're going to be a person who has a miraculous impact like Jesus had, you have to make sure that you're not contributing to or creating a reputation that hinders your ability to do your job. You know, you have a job to do. We have a job to reach the world. And you got to reach Democrats, blacks, whites, poors. you got to reach poor, poor, poor people, wealthy people, whoever. You don't need to become so politically focused and so focused on some political or social message that you don't care about everybody. Go into the whole to the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every ethnic group. You cannot become so biased. And the temptation is we become that way. And along the way, six things have happened, he said. We've lost people. That's why the book is called You Lost Me. And he says, here's why. Number one, because they view us, they view us as overprotective. Number two, they view us as shallow. That's pretty powerful. Oh, that's painful. Number three, they view us as anti-science. Number four, repressive. Number five, exclusive. And here we go, number, number six, doubtless, which I'll talk about more in a moment. There's something about how we look to people. We, we have become dark lights, not bright lights. And I think that's tragic. You can swap your political mission for your spiritual mission, and you can end up in a place you don't want to be. I think you can walk, work both together in balance as long as you understand everybody's not going to agree with your political position or your personal position. You live in a world where everybody's not going to cooperate with your view. John 17 makes it plain. 
I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil. I'm not going to change the world. The world, the world, Jesus came to save the world. People that didn't know God didn't have the same view you have about anything, whether it be abortion or whether it be uh, gays or straights or whatever. You, you're going to have to deal with people who don't think like you. The question is, how do you do that? How do you, how do you manage living in the world? See, some of you want me to jump, but get on that, Pastor Rick. Talk about those issues there. No, I'm not today. This is not that day. I'll do it another day. And I have another forums. And I have some very clear views. One thing I'll say is we don't do well with people who disagree with us. And that's tragic. And if you're not careful, you're trying to, to wrap everybody around this whole conviction you have, moral conviction even. It may be right. But that's not why Jesus came. He didn't came to force anybody to do anything. He came to guide us to truth. And he, he says the way you do that is by being a light to the world. You don't have the right to, I don't have the right to choose where I am. My job is to understand the power of the message I carry and the miraculous impact it can have on people's life. But if I distort it, I can rob people of the message. I want to key in on one of the things I think was interesting that they said in, in this uh, list of six things. Uh, they said, we're doubtless. There's a theologian guy. Uh, and I love this. It's um, doubtless this uses one of the reasons why one of the ways that young people view us. Um, it's it's kind of like um, it means to have institutional skepticism, skepticism, intellectual doubt. People now don't they doubt what we say we are. They doubt what we, our message, you know, because of the way we present ourselves. So let me read this quote real quick and you'll see what I mean here. Theologian and Pultz, uh, Pultz, um Pulitzer, uh, Pulitzer uh, nominated novelist Frederick Booker said once, doubt is the ants in the pants of faith. One, often doubt acts as a powerful motivator toward a more complete and genuine spiritual life. Our research confirms that not everyone who doubts walks away from faith. Still, our study also shows that doubt, listen to this now, is a significant reason young people leave the church. Get the book, look on page 186. It's amazing. So <clears throat> we have a lot of young people who left. A lot of your churches have almost emptied of young people. And what's really sad is well, there's no plan. They doubt that when we say we're lights to the world that we really are. They doubt that we really are committed to loving everybody. They doubt that we really are sincerely devoted to making a difference in the world. They doubt us. And could that be because of the way we live our lives? It's really powerful, though, in the story we read today. That's not how this guy lived. He, he heard that Jesus was coming and he had no doubt that Jesus would make a difference. He didn't doubt at all that Jesus would, could help his son be better in chapter 4 of John. He was sure. He was clear. My prayer is that we would become the kind of people that bring that kind of faith, that we inspire people to believe and we inspire people to trust God, that we don't create an environment that makes us just a political force in the world, but a spiritual force in the world. We're about the kingdom, not about just a temporary political position. We're about the long-term eternity of people. We're talking about souls and eternity. In our next study, I'm going to talk to you about the miraculous impact of using what you have. I think we don't always use it right. I don't think we've always made the right choices, but we can today. We can allow God's spoken word to come into our life like it did into the life of this man's son. And we can allow that spoken word alone to work in our hearts and guide us to a better place and heal us 
we can allow that spoken word to become our guide and our confidence. Not our political positions, not our personal positions, but we can trust that God can miraculously intervene in the, in the chaos of our life and bring peace. And that's what happened. In the chaos of this guy's life, he had a thought, who can I call? Oh, I hear Jesus is in town. Well, I know what he did in Cana. I know how he turned water to wine. I know how this guy, I've heard of the miracles. And so notice, because of the reputation, the miraculous potential happened. Because of the reputation. I believe if you live the way God's telling you to live and you do right, miraculous things will happen with your kids. It will happen with your family. The whole of your life will turn around if you stop lying, if you start telling the truth. If you start living transparently, if you start walking in the spirit, walking with God, if you change your approach around you, your finances, everything around you can miraculously change. But it starts with you opening your heart to that power in your life. And so as you come to the season we're about to enter, I want you to open your heart and say, Father, I need a miraculous change. Speak your word over my life like you spoke your word about that son who was not even in the same room in the same neighborhood you were in. And just because you spoke the word over them, healing happened at one, one o'clock. Wow, <laughs> I love it. It happened at 1 p.m., a spoken word. I don't know what time it is where you are right now, but I'm telling you, whatever time zone you're in, whenever you're hearing this, this could be the hour that your life has changed forever. So I want you to pray with me. Father, let this be the moment when they pray this prayer and say, God, I, I, I believe that I need you to come into my life. And Father, I pray that the truth of your word would, would settle into my soul and guide me to a better place. I speak healing, I speak blessing, and I speak deliverance to those who hear this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, my friend, I pray that you took that prayer moment and even made a decision about giving your life to Christ, that this could be that moment for you where you say, Jesus, I hear you today. I want your miraculous words spoken over my life. I want to see the miracle change that's possible, that change that leads me to a new beginning with your family, your future, your finances, your career, the whole of your life. But it starts with walking with God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so you pray with me today, and that's a wise step. And I pray that you let this be that beginning step. Thank you for praying with me. If I can help you in any way, help you walk with God, there's some information right there on the screen. You can email me directly at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org and I'll send you some information. Or if you're online right now on an online platform, you can click right in there. It says, I raised my hand and they'll send you some information to help you start your walk with Jesus. You know, people do raise their hands in this environment. They decide, you know, I, I pastor, what, what pastor said was right. I need, I need God's spoken word in my life. I need to ignore the reputation of, of, of Christians who confuse me, and I need to open my heart to God and allow him to be the Lord of my life today. Again, my name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thank you for reaching out today. Thank you for reaching out to me personally. If you want more information about starting your life with God at pastor.overcomingbyfaith.org or doing that, that, that simple task of saying, I raise my hand right there on your screen if you're watching us on demand. So have a great time. Thank you for being with us today. We appreciate you so much and we'll see you next time. God bless you. See you next time at Overcome by Faith. Remember, first Sunday is our big family gathering. Every first Sunday right here, you don't want to miss it on site. Nine o'clock is inside. 
at 11 o'clock is outside. You can sit in your car. They have a wonderful parking area where you can sit there, have a big stage up for you, and some wonderful snacks and treats. Sometimes we have food trucks. Sometimes we have after-church snacks. It's really great. So remember that for every first Sunday, that's our big family gathering, and also special pop-up events that happen that you don't want to miss for children, for kids, all kind of great stuff. See you next time right here at Overcoming by Faith. Have a great day. Bye-bye. If you like this message, by the way, link it, send it to a friend. Bye-bye. Well, I pray you got that message. There is power in reputation. There's power in a spoken word. There's power in having a good reputation. I'm telling you what, all that we talked about in this sermon will help you embrace the miraculous power that can be unleashed in your life when you trust God. I believe that he can speak to your life, so I want to pray for your life right now. Father, let this be a miraculous moment for those who listen to this message. May they come away feeling like God can speak to their life. The challenges they face, the things that they go through, that you can lift them up. So I pray for healing, blessing, and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thanks for joining me today in our study. I pray it blessed your life. If it did, link it, send it to a friend. Let somebody else be blessed as well. We'll see you next time right here. I've got more to talk about. You don't want to miss the next part of this. It's called working with what you have. Sometimes in life, that's the miracle. You take what you have and watch God transform it. I'm going to show you a guy who didn't think he had much, but he had more than he, he thought he had. So join me next time. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.